Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Generations Online. We are glad that you are here and you're taking a few moments to be with us this morning as we begin to think about the church and be the church in these unprecedented times. Although we cannot gather together physically in this space today, we can be here together with one mind and one heart and one body. We are looking forward to the day where we can be together again, physically in this space again. It's going to be a great celebration. Here's what you can expect from our service today. We invite you to sing along with our band this morning as they lead us into worship. And then Pastor Dave will lead us in a devotional this morning about God, what God has to say when it comes to anxiousness and worrying during a crisis. We're also excited to bring you an interview with Dr. Tim Barber. Tim is the principal owner of the Counseling Alliance, and he's going to walk us through some practical applications when it comes to overcoming fear. Whether you are part of the Generations family or maybe checking us out for the first time, welcome to Generations. We pray you will experience God's presence right where you are, wherever you may be watching us. Thanks again for joining us today and know that you are loved and cared for. Jesus 
Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus to break every chain, break every chain, break every chain, to break every chain, break every chain, break every chain.
Hello, my name is Miss Dawn, and I'm the pastor of children and families here at Generations Church. We wanted to remind you that we're providing resources for families so that kids can experience a little bit of what we do here each week at Generations Church. You can find these resources on the church's webpage. The resources include a parent guide, a link to the Bible video story, as well as some activities that help connect the Bible story to how it relates to kids today. This week, the nursery and preschool groups are going to be learning that we celebrate Jesus because he's so special. The elementary group is going to be learning about humility, which is putting others first by giving up what we think we deserve. We're going to focus this week on the reminder that Jesus put others first, and so should we. Kids, I also want to remind you that you can get logged in after today's message to have breakfast with Miss Dawn. Parents, if you did not receive that email with that link, let us know right here on the Facebook page, and we'll be glad to send that to you. Hope you have a great week. I wanted to talk to us this morning about anxiousness, worry, which always leads to fear. Undoubtedly, there's been a time over the last week or several weeks where you've probably felt anxious, where worry has creeped into your life. Um, but how do we guard our hearts? How do we guard our minds? Is this the new normal? How, how do we keep from being so anxious about what we see on the news, on social media? What does that look like for us? It has so much to do with our thoughts and the way that we think. There are real solutions. There is truth on how to fight against this for you, on how to fight against this for me. And I always turn to scriptures, especially not only any subject, but especially with anxiousness and worry. This is what Philippians 4, 6 through 8 says. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything that we could ever understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true, what is honorable, what is right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. One of my favorites in all of the Old Testament, even when I was a little kid, one of my favorite stories had to do with a man named Elijah. He did incredible things for God. I mean, God did miracles in Elijah's life. Do you remember? Elijah is the one that feated, defeated single-handedly all the prophets of Baal, where God brought fire down from heaven and licked up the water. Do you remember that? God showed up in his life in a huge way, much like God shows up in our lives. And we can testify to that. We can look back over our lives, over periods of time, and we know beyond a shadow of doubt, we can point to where times where God showed up in our life. But what happened to Elijah after God showed up, after he did the miracles, after God proved himself? Elijah got scared. The story is recorded like this in 1 Kings 19, 3 through 5. It says, Elijah was afraid and fled for his life. He went to Beersheba, a town in Judah, and he left his servant there. Then he went on alone into the wilderness, traveling all day, and he sat down under a solitary broom tree and prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life, for I am no better than my ancestors who have already died. You see, Elijah responds 
to worry and fear like you and I do. Did you, did you see what happened, what he did? He runs. He isolates himself. He focuses on the negative, And he forgets that God is in control. And like Elijah, we do the same thing. But here's the great news this morning. God doesn't abandon Elijah. That's not the end of the story. He shows up to Elijah and gives him instructions. This is what he says. Further on down in 1 Kings chapter 19, go out and stand before me on the mountain, the Lord God told him. And as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was a sound of a gentle whisper. You see, God didn't show up to Elijah in the wind. He didn't show up in the earthquake. He didn't even show up in the fire. Where did God show up to Elijah? He showed up with a whisper. I read something this week that I thought was such an encouragement for me, and I hope it will be for you as well. It said this, why does God show up in a whisper to Elijah? He whispers because God is always close to us. As we move into a new week, let's be reminded of this. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything that we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Would you remember one thing with me this week? Remember this. God is always close. Well, we're excited to have Tim Barber with us here today. He is the uh, principal owner of the Counseling Alliance in Ohio, and he's uh, no stranger to us at Generations. He's preached here before. He's taught one of our marriage classes, and uh, I, I just thought it would be good for us to, to address mental health uh, during crisis uh, today, and Tim even has experience uh, with crisis uh, with the Red Cross. So, Tim, could you just uh, expound a little bit of what you've already, what kind of experience you've already had through crisis? So. Sure. I, I actually worked with the uh, American Red Cross on a volunteer basis for five years, and uh, my role was disaster mental health. Uh, I worked locally here in, in northern Kentucky if there was a house fire or floods or um, just any of a number of things, we would go, usually in the middle of the night, uh, and just try to bring some comfort and support to the police, the fire, but also uh, whomever was affected by mm -hmm. those events. But I also did work on a national level, and so I went to New Orleans after Katrina, mm -hmm. uh, went to Texas and Oklahoma and Iowa um, after floods and tornadoes. And uh, I also was an instructor where I was teaching other mental health workers how to do the disaster mental health. Uh, and then life got busy and I had mm -hmm. to step back from that for a bit. Okay. Uh, but it was, a, it, it was a really powerful and a, a 
it's just so many people who you were able to interact with right in a time of need yeah. that I, I look at that and, and the, the weeks that I spent out on those disaster sites as being some of the best ministry that I ever was a part of. Yeah. So uh, in a lot of ways I miss it, but also yeah. I like being home. Right. Um, <laughs> talk a little bit about just mental health in times of crisis, what, what that looks like a little bit. Yeah, mental health in, in times of crisis can can really be, uh, it can be a time of growth for us. It can be a time of, of supporting one another. Uh, it can also be the kind of thing that impacts us for the rest of our lives. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it's interesting that in terms of mental health, um, our relationships, um, our, our mental, physical, spiritual health, they're all impacted by the way we handle that crisis. And so if, if we're internally in crisis, um, we don't do relationship well, uh, we don't think clearly and make good decisions, uh, our immune system is actually mm-hmm. lessened when we're under stress for an extended period of time. And so key uh, in terms not just of survival, but of, of really thriving, mm-hmm. and it's an odd word in times of crisis, but it can happen, uh, to be able to come through a crisis and, and it look, you look back on it and say, you know what, I handled that well, we handled that well as a family, mm-hmm. and it really turned into a good situation overall. Yeah. Don't want to see it again, uh, but we managed it well. Right. Um, fr- from a psychological standpoint, um, can you help us understand a little bit how fear plays with our mind? I mean, there's a lot of fear, there's a lot of anxiety growing yeah. right now. Just kind of talk a little bit about that for us. Lots of fear and anxiety mm-hmm. right now. And you know, the brain and, and the mind uh, which are two different things, but um, their job is to keep us alive. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's one of the primary things they do. Uh, and so uh, the brain is always scanning the environment for threat, whether that's another person, whether that's a, a, you know, a dangerous thing, like tra- driving in heavy traffic, whatever it may be. The brain is always scanning beneath the surface for threat. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have threat all around us now. And, and it's not visible but we are reminded of it all the time. Mm-hmm. You turn the TV on, get on social media, it's all over the place. And so the brain is very active and what it does is it, it kind of kicks into hyper gear mm-hmm. and it starts looking for threat every place and interpreting things as threats. Yeah. And it raises the anxiety levels and it raises our, our just attention to these things that can be a threat to us and puts us in a state where because so much of, the, of our mind is focused on protecting ourselves, our effectiveness in other areas begins to diminish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it, it, can really be, it can really be a challenge when that happens. You know, it, it, a simple illustration of that is that you know, if you go into Kroger and we're buying our toilet paper or whatever it is that we're trying <laughs> to find, uh, and someone nearby coughs, you know, I, can, I can look at that and I can say, oh my goodness, what, what just happened here? Mm-hmm. And uh, as a result of that, my mind starts whirling around, and I'm, now I'm thinking, oh, I got a little tickling in my throat. Right. What does that mean? Right. Oh, and, and one thought leads to another thought and to another thought, and before long, we are totally convinced mm-hmm. that we have the coronavirus. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's just the way that unchecked, that fear and anxiety can, can continue to, to rise and cause problems within mm-hmm. our lives. Um. What, what is the best way to counter fear and anxiety, especially when we we feel it creeping in our lives? What what are some ways that we can 
uh, counter that? Well, I think uh, I think self awareness mm -hmm. is one of the is one of the key things, and, and it's you know sometimes in counseling we talk about developing what we call this third party observer, mm -hmm. where we kind of watch ourselves and kind of assess what am I thinking, what am I feeling emotionally, uh, what's my surroundings, where am I, and just being aware of how I'm handling mm -hmm. anxiety and worry and fear, how I'm doing relationship, uh, how I'm taking care of myself physically. Uh, it's, it's really key that we be very intentional about mm -hmm. this because, as I mentioned a moment ago, if we get into that worry chain and we start thinking about, oh, this is happening and this is happening, it could happen, what if this happens, what if this happens, uh, before long, we're just in a frenzy. Yeah. And so kind of being aware of that and catch that worry when it's small, look at it, assess it, do what we can with it. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and make a good decision about it, then we're much more likely to come through that in a, in a healthy and, and very functional way yeah, as, yeah. as opposed to being uh, more unhealthy. Um, I think there are some things that we can do, some specific concrete things. Uh, we need to limit our exposure mm -hmm. and uh, too, much, too much time in front of the TV, too much time on the internet uh, just heightens our, our mm -hmm. awareness. We need to do positive things. We need to be spending time with people. Uh, my personal opinion and that of a few others that I know, um, I think this social isolation or distancing mm -hmm. thing is an unfortunate phrase. We need physical distancing with technology and all that we have today. There's right. no reason to be distant em from emotionally mm -hmm. and, and you know interpersonally. Yeah. And so to stay connected with the people that are important in our lives is essential. Uh, and to do that in healthy, appropriate ways mm -hmm. is a really good thing. Yeah. Uh, talk a little bit about, I know we have a lot of families, a lot of kids are staying home right now uh, because all the schools are out. Talk a little bit of what that feels like for parents, for kids, what parents should say to kids during times of crisis like this. Yes, uh, Dave, that's key. It really is because children are so, um, so vulnerable at times like this. They don't have the emotional and the mental tools mm -hmm. to understand what's happening. Uh, just to understand a, a, a germ, a virus mm -hmm. that's going around out there. Uh, some of them are so young they don't, they don't grasp what all that means. So having accurate information uh, is key to that whole process and uh, I think it's important that what we do as parents is that we help to provide accurate, age-appropriate mm -hmm. information to the children. Uh, just as we do with sex education, right. age-appropriate, healthy information to help them to know how to manage situations in life. Uh, there's a lot of rumors. There's a lot of anxiety. Uh, they will pick up on that. And uh, some key challenges that we have there is for us as parents to be able to, to demonstrate that you know we have a, a sense of you know, a plan mm -hmm. and how to handle things and, and we're not out of control. Right. Um, Disaster is a disaster is a uh, challenging thing. I'll go back to the Red Cross really briefly here. We measure disasters and the significance of, of disasters in three ways. We talked about scope, and so you may have a house fire in the middle of the night, um, and you know the other end of that is something what we have now that is global. Mm -hmm. So the house fire is one house. This is worldwide. Right. We also talked about intensity. For the house that had the fire, it was a very intense mm -hmm. experience. Um, but hopefully, 
as in the case in many homes with fire de uh, detectors and other kinds of things, people get out and there's no injuries or deaths. Mm -hmm. um, there are people that are getting sick, and unfortunately there are deaths mm -hmm. in this, and we don't know where this is going. And the other is duration. Uh, a tornado can come through, and a tornado can, you know, in one minute it's come and it's gone. Uh, and it may tear up all sorts of things, but uh, the, the event itself is over. We don't even know how long this thing's going mm -hmm. to last. So we've got at least two, if not three, uh, in terms of this being a major disaster. Mm -hmm. And one of the most important things that makes the difference between how adults or children handle these things that are very intense, large disasters, is the meaning that we attribute to that. And if, if we are able to look at these and communicate to our children Yes, this, this is going on and it's difficult for us. Uh, it's different for us. Uh, we're taking precautions as is safe mm -hmm. and appropriate for us. Um, and we're gonna get through this to the very best of our ability. Yeah. We're not alone in this. Yeah. Uh, and we're speaking about things in the future and we're not sitting around wringing our hands and showing a lot of anxiety because children will pick up on mm -hmm. our anxiety. Mm -hmm. Uh, just trying to maintain a calm presence, in, you know, when we're around the children, uh, and and be hopeful, and uh, help them to understand that there's a level of control. We're yeah. controlling everything that we can mm -hmm. control, because right now there's a lot of things that are out of our control. You know, where yeah. we go and what we do. Uh, their routine has been upset. Mm -hmm. and children need routine. They're staying home from school. They can't go play with their friends. Right. And those kinds of things. Uh, so, you know, these are times when we need to take charge with our children and, and work to provide them that confidence and that safety and that reassurance that we're going to get through this yeah. time in a, in a healthy and appropriate way to the very best of our ability. Good, good. Um, I'm, I'm more of just a real simple, practical uh, type of person. As we wrap up here today, I know there's probably some people that are just wanting to know, is there, is there just some steps um, some routines that we we can help uh, really grow our mental health, you know, and keep it healthy. Mm -hmm. what, what are some routines maybe that we could practice even today or this week uh, as we want to take care of our mental health? Well, it's a good question. Uh, taking care of our mental health is something that we haven't done a real good mm -hmm. job of. We haven't educated people very effectively right. in terms of how to do that. Uh, and there is this thing, particularly within Christianity, that we're almost afraid of anything that that sounds like Eastern mysticism. Right. Uh, but being mindfully aware, mm -hmm. uh, and, and I like Dan Siegel's definition of being mindful, is that I am aware of what I am aware of. Yeah. I'm paying attention to what I'm paying attention mm -hmm. to. And that's just monitoring what's going on. But if I discipline the, my thought around that, it, it, we've got this exercise that we teach people that is actually, there's about 25 years of research around mm -hmm. this. It's a form of biofeedback. Uh, it's based on the breath. And uh, you just take a, a longer, slower, deeper breath in. Mm -hmm. And you imagine that that breath is going into your heart as opposed to your lungs. And imagine bringing in a calming thought. Mm -hmm. Cal like just the word peace, calm, mm -hmm. um, love, serenity, whatever mm -hmm. it is that we can connect to. Imagine that coming into our heart slowly, exhaling that into our environment around us. Mm -hmm. Three to five minutes can actually lower blood pressure. It can 
help the heart and the brain communicate more effectively mm. together. Uh, it can actually change our emotional state. Yeah. So it's a very simple practice, yeah. uh, um, but it's something that's incredibly effective. Yeah. And, and then taking time, limiting ourselves and having some breaks, you know, mm -hmm. get out and do some things with the children, take a walk, play a game, mm -hmm. uh, do something in the house. If the weather's not fit, you know, do something in the house. That's just fun. Mm -hmm. We need fun. We yeah. need re relaxation. Yeah. Uh, obviously, I think time alone with God is, is a powerful and mm -hmm. a very effective and meaningful right. time during this and mm -hmm. can have an impact upon us from a mm -hmm. mental and emotional perspective. Uh, so there, there really are a lot of things that, that can be done yeah. that uh, help us get through this more yeah. successfully. Well, I, um, we appreciate you coming today and being a part of this. Um, I, I, I believe uh, especially over this last week, there, I think there's probably a lot of anxiety, fear really starting to grow, just not knowing. And uh, we, we want to let you know out there as well, too, if you are struggling and are having uh, some mental health issues, uh, we would ask you to reach out to us uh, at our, our email, www, or I'm sorry, generationsnky at gmail.com, generationsnky at gmail.com. And we can put you in touch with the right people if you reach out. And so we pray that you will do that and take care of yourself and that you would heed some of the advice that uh, Tim Barber has given us today. And we, we pray that you have a, a great day and a great week. Uh, thanks for joining us today. Here's what I want us to do this week. Let's fix our thoughts on what is true, what is honorable, what is right, and what is pure, and what is lovely, and what is admirable. Our mind can play tricks with us, but they don't have to. We don't have to worry about anything. God instructs us to instead pray about everything. Then God promises us that he will give us what we need. We're thankful for that today. We're thankful for the promises of Scripture. May you go in God's blessings. May you experience his peace this week.